Hey, welcome back to Bloodthirsty Pugs Podcast. This is episode five. Thanks for sticking with us here. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a little conflict that we had in the band. Not that much of a conflict, more of a misunderstanding, but um, the big idea is setting boundaries uh, with each other. Sometimes I think it's hard for us to do with our friends, with other people around us. And if we don't, then we enable them to continue to make mistakes. So uh, let's find out how that happened with Monsters in the Mirror. Okay, so what I one of the things I thought we could talk about tonight, and if not, if you guys don't want to, that's totally fine. We'll go a different direction. But I think that um, your guys' little altercation or whatever you would call that this week would be a fun thing to talk about because I think it's interesting. Um, but I don't know if that's still like fresh or Aaron, if you're like how you're feeling about that, but it'd be, it'd be fun to talk about. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> I'm, I've been, dude, I've been in therapy, so I've been doing therapy sessions. I'm learning about, uh, setting, setting personal boundaries and like, um, positive perspectives on life. Like I'm becoming a whole new person mentally. It's a project. I'm mm-hmm. really, I'm getting, I'm getting a lot out of it and it's not something that I'm afraid to talk about it. I'm very open about it. I even talk about on Facebook. I share openly that I'm in therapy, so it's like I'm not I'm not afraid to uh, to divulge in that. So, Aaron, you cool with talking about this? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. I just don't want to. We had a good combo. Um, did you see my pod? Did you see my uh, Marco Polo today, Aaron? By the way. No, I did not. Okay, I gave you a. I made you a deal that you probably won't be able to refuse. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. we can we can use that at the end of the story. So um let's let's go ahead and set this up so we have good context for this. And I'll I'll try to set up as best I can and Vince you can jump in and, and add some to my story if I need to get it wrong or whatever. So Yeah, since you're um, a third you're a neutral party neutral party, so Yeah, so I'm trying to set it up as a neutral party. So uh we three are in a band, obviously, if anybody listening doesn't know that. Uh the band is called Monsters in the Mirror. And we are recording and making these songs that are just awesome. And we're just cranking them out. And we're almost done with our full length. And so we've been working really hard, getting together, recording parts for this. And uh, a big part of that process is Vince has a studio and he works his magic. And we come in there and we lay down some tracks. And then he does his magic and makes it happen for us. So we schedule in advance. We have our parts written. We practice them. We come in. And then we record them with Vince. And the important part is that we practice it in advance. That way we have it done. We go in there. So there was a time a few months ago where Aaron, who is our lead singer, vocalist, came in to record vocals for one of our songs and wasn't fully rehearsed for it. Like he, he knew the parts. He had a general idea of what it was, but he didn't fully rehearse it. So then he's in the studio and um, just like taking a long time. And so Vince, am I correct that you've actually sent him home? Said, no, we're, we're not going to do this today. You go home and practice this, and then we'll come back and hit it again. Is that how that went before? Yeah. I, I, I'll replay video games. But, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think I was mean about it or well, anything. It I was just yet. like, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I was like, we're just, uh, we need to work on this a little bit more together. Because that, that was losing myself. Cause, so Aaron and I wrote that together. We wrote the lyrics for that together. We did... We did for losing myself what you and Aaron did for the new song, basically. Mm. Yeah. So, um, that was something we worked on together, and then we went do it in the studio, and we were like, you know, what? this song is really hard because that song is. It's like lyrics are like, "Give on the peace of mind, let's collide." It's like going, it's fast, really fast. Yeah. So it has to be rehearsed. It has to be memorized. So we're like, you know, what? this isn't. Uh, 
we need to work on this a little bit more. So Aaron did. He went and worked on it for about another week. He practices, practiced his uh, butt off. And then he came back into the studio a week later, practiced up, and just absolutely nailed the parts. Right. And as a result, it's probably one of our best songs on the EP. And I remember Aaron telling me, like, after he came back to record those vocals, he's like, dude, rehearsing it like that made such a huge difference. Like, I was in there and out. Like, we got it done right away. Like, everything was just perfect. So it was very, like, valuable, that practice time. So then, fast forward a few months, and here we are recently. This happened last weekend. Um, we had, I guess we'll say three weeks ago, we decided, all right, we have this song written. We have the demos recorded. We have like good mix, all the instrumentation is done. We just need to write the vocals. And so we said, all right, let's go ahead and schedule studio time with Vince for like three weeks from now. And then in that time, Aaron and I will get together and write the lyrics. And so we did that. Vince put us on the books. We're writing the lyrics and Aaron and I are getting together in the mornings at 5 a.m., and we're making slow progress, but we're making progress. And then we're able to push ourselves and finally get all the lyrics and notes, for the most part, finalized, um, except for like four lines of lyrics. where We had writer's block, and we're like, oh, Vince will help us with that. But we had all that done a week in advance. So then we got together, I think that Sunday, and recorded a rough track of vocals, and uh, Aaron had a copy on his computer. I had a copy on my computer. Um, but I forgot to upload it to our shared cloud thing. So that made it harder to access. But we both had it. And then we had all week to rehearse it to get ready for the studio. And the studio, Aaron and I decided since we live so far apart, we're going to cluster up this whole weekend. And we're going to get together at his house. And we're going to spend the whole weekend working on other various projects that we have. And then we're going to go into the studio, knock this out of the park, and then go back to our other projects. Um, and I looked forward to it all week and did a little practicing on my own. I think Vince was pretty hyped about it as well because we're excited to lay down these vocals. But Aaron, on your end, what didn't you say like something about like you didn't realize it was like the the real deal or something like the real recording or something? Yeah, dude. What I, th- what I told what I told Vince was like is like the reality of it. Mike, wait, we're actually really recording. Like it's a Catalina Y mixer. Like we're really recording. Like. I'm telling you, I don't know what it was. It didn't sink in. And I thought with, with the whole thing, like as far as you sending me the file, like the, the Marco Polo or the video or the, or the final, like something to rehearse, either A, you never told me that you sent it, B, I never checked, C, I didn't even hear that you told it to me, and I never rehearsed it. So at that point, I was like, well, D, you're going to hold the speed on this. Um, whatever you're okay with, I'm down. I've got a lot on my plate. Um, so whatever pace you want to set, I'll keep up with it. So when I didn't or did receive the song, that was the pace. I was like, well, I guess we'll go and pick up for wherever we left off, which that would have been in my mind, um, finalizing the vocals. So let me, let me address just the issue of you didn't know this was the real deal, the actual tracking for the good song. Let me address that. So. Just a little logic, just a little thinking through the situation and a little bit of logic would help you out here. Why would you and Dustin, I mean, you're, you were, you guys were busting your butt that weekend working on the van. Like you're, you were, you know, trying to get that van done. Why would you interrupt that drive an hour drive to Norwalk, have me set up my thousand, $2,000 microphone in my thousand dollar iso booth for you to go in there just to record 
scratch tracks. Because you have makes sense to me. You have my <laughs> you have microphones at your house. <laughs> Dustin has microphones at his, at his own house. You guys can all record scratch tracks on your own. Hey, you I'll make tell you exactly how, we did. I'll tell you exactly how it made sense. Ready? Check this out. I got my right. I've got my left. And we're gonna hang out. And we're gonna go to Vince's house. Okay. Sweet. That's how that happened. So so anyhow, <laughs> we can address these bumps along the way. Um, but first, we have to finish the story. So um, I get together with Aaron. We're working on the van. We're getting all of our stuff done, and we are going. And Friday night, we decide to drink some alcohol and stay up later than we usually and do. work. Yeah, so we're work working. We're listening to loud music, uh, talking over the music, drinking alcohol, and then staying up later than usual. Um, Everything you shouldn't do. Yes. Which didn't affect Dustin's voice. <laughs> and, and also, in my defense, I did sort of... I, I, this is my own weakness, and I need to do a better job next time. I did sort of signal that I was tired at, like, 10, but Aaron was, like, focused and, dry, and like, really going, so I was like, whatever, I just went with it. But what I should have done is said, no, dude, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. So that's, <laughs> that's on me for sure. But anyway, we go into the studio Saturday. We wake up Saturday morning, and we're dead tired because we've got very little sleep. Aaron's voice is feeling kind of weak, and he's ar- he already knows, like, this is not going to be my best work. But we've committed to this. We committed three weeks in advance. Vince has set aside time in his studio that he could have scheduled with potential clients to make money. And uh, I'm excited. Vince is excited. So, like, um, we're going to do this. So we end up pushing through, and Aaron overcomes. He rises to the occasion, and we get to the studio, and we record the tracks. And they all turn out pretty well, but there is one part of the song, uh, the the breakdown. I'd like like to interject just one yes, second. Yes. Now, I did give you guys the option because once you told me, like, well, Aaron says his voice isn't really feeling up to it, I was like, well, do you guys want to wait another day? Come to the studio on Sunday. Track the vocals instead. I let you guys go off. You talked about it, and then you came back to me, and you said, Aaron's going to rally. So I gave you an opt-out. Like, you guys skip today. Come back tomorrow when Aaron's voice is stronger. And you guys chose, Aaron chose not to take the opt out. He chose like, oh, nope, we're going to rally. We're going to come today. We're going to get it done. And that's, that's what you guys chose between you. And that was, so, that was mostly me pushing that. I think Aaron was willing to do Sunday, but I was, I was excited to do it Saturday and my voice felt great. And I felt like, I was like, ah, Aaron, you'll be fine. You can do it. Um, and then there's, you know, there's another big reason why we really wanted to take advantage of your creativity on that day. Um, cause we knew you were oh, driven yeah. and you were really on it. So we wanted to be there for that day. So anyway, we get the whole thing recorded and it turns out pretty well. The breakdown we weren't super pleased with, but then Vince, you just go nuts and like mix and master the whole thing that night. And we get it back and the song is the best thing that this band has ever done. However, Aaron's not completely pleased with his vocals cause he knows he's capable of better. Um, especially when it comes to that breakdown. And so then... Uh, how did it go from there, Vince? Because this is where I'm just a bystander. <laughs> so I'm at work. Aaron just kind of texts me. And he was, you know, talking about, first of all, you know, that him coming over to my house this weekend, um, which he can do now, which is cool. And then he's like, also, yeah, well, I'm very, very assumptively, as um. I've talked to my therapist actually a lot about we're we're right in the middle of Aaron and I's friendship right now. Like that's what my therapist and I are covering right now. And, 
Aaron's very assumptive about things. He 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 tends to just be like, "Oh yeah, this is this is this is the way we're gonna do things." So Aaron was just like, "Oh yeah, uh, so we're gonna come back over like August third is like when you're gonna like that's the the week you're gonna come help me move, which I'm totally gonna do, and um, and then we're gonna set up a mixing session and I'm gonna re-record my vocals for their breakdown because they sound like shit, and he's kind of very assumptive, assumptively said, "Yep, I'm gonna do that." And I don't really think he was thinking about the time that I had already spent mixing those vocals, all the things that I said when I was in the studio, like, now, Aaron, since you damaged your voice, like, this is what you get. What you get is what you get. Is It's like I gave him plenty of warning in the studio. And um, so me and my therapist, we've been talking about setting personal boundaries. Like, Vince, like, you shouldn't just give your time up to all your friends and like give your time up for anything like you need to set limitations and boundaries on your time so that first so first of all so that your friends you know can't walk all over you with your time and so strangers can't walk all over you your clients can't do that like your boss shouldn't do that it wasn't just about Aaron it was about my whole life like I mm. realized I, I do a poor job of setting boundaries with my time and um, I kind of let people walk all over me that's it's like a new discovery that I've made. So boss comes, tells me, oh, yeah, I need to stay over today for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, yes, sir. I'm on it. Like, I'll do it. Got to be a go-getter. Yes, man. And then I do the same with clients and friends. Like, I could have a full plate. A client comes to me like, hey, I want to come record. And I'll be sure, I'll make him. I'll, I'll squeeze him into the schedule. I'll make it happen. Aaron says, I want to come re-record these vocals, even though I spent six hours editing and everything. Normally, I would just be like, Oh yeah, man, it's better for the band. So like, yes, I'm a yes, yes, man. Yes, 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 yes. So what I'm now learning to do is like, when, when is it appropriate to say no? When is it appropriate to set a boundary? And I felt like this was a really, it was less me being angry at Aaron because I wasn't angry at him. I wasn't trying to punish him, but it was me exercising this new skill that I'm trying to learn, which is setting boundaries with my time. So, you know, Aaron, after drinking, and after kind of thrashing his voice and not being super prepared for the vocal recording session, and after me already giving plenty of warnings based on that, he goes home and inevitably, yep, he doesn't like all of his vocals. So he comes back and he says, oh, I'm going to re-record these. And so I think to myself, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me to work on my boundary setting. So I was like, well, you know what, Aaron? I spent a lot of time working on those vocals. And I told you before you came out that, if you chose to come out that day and you chose to rally, then what you what you get is what you get. And I don't want to waste my time going back over re-recording your vocals again. I got to I got to set up the mic in the booth. I have to re-record you. We have to get takes over again. Then I have to go through the whole recording editing process again, through the mixing process, everything I've already done, time like, alignment. I mean, there's hours worth of editing therapy, that goes goes into just re-recording these parts. And I kind of drew a hard line and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to spend that time all over again, undoing all the work I did. And then again, redoing it because you made poor choices, which led to the vocal track not being as good as it could be. Right. Which is really hard. I mean, it's hard enough to set limits, but then you're also doing that with your friend. So that's pretty rough. I bet.
Well, the only the only so, issue with that though is that I so, I'm not in therapy, and I actually fully support Vince in this one. Like, um, I think this is an example of on my end, my little like story that I have is like I have this canoe trip that you guys are both a part of, and um, at first it was the first year it was four people, the second year it was six people, the second year you know it's ten people now, and I run into this issue where I don't set boundaries. And whenever somebody can't make it, I will reschedule the entire trip and, and put all this work on myself to try to make it so that everybody can come. And what I've learned is that I have to, you know, when people don't plan well, when they don't do enough on their end, if I fix their mistake for them, then I'm enabling them to continue making that mistake. So I need to set boundaries. So I feel like in this case, I feel like you, Aaron, I, I can't understand why you didn't think it was the real deal. Um, especially cause you and I spent all that time in the morning and I said, we have to have this done by Saturday because we're recording the real deal a week from now. So like, I felt like, you know, you should have known. And I felt like you just didn't take it serious enough because you have a lot going on in your life right now. And so it had to be because dude, I didn't even practice. Yeah. So think about that. You, you just didn't, you didn't give it the attention that it needed. And so you just kind of dropped the ball there and it's fine. It's whatever. But Vince on his end, like he has to, especially considering this is the second time that you've come to the studio and weren't ready for your parts. He has to say like, you know, <laughs> I'm not doing it again because otherwise you will continue that pattern of not being prepared, not taking it serious and then coming in and wasting Vince's 10 hours or whatever he puts into those vocals. So I kind of, I really see his point in this uh, situation. No, I, I, I totally agree. I, no. I'm now, Aaron, I, I have an issue with the statement that you just said, because you said, if it weren't for therapy, if it weren't for the fact that I was in therapy, then you just said, do it, I'm worth it. So what you're basically saying is, you're only respecting my boundaries because I'm in therapy and because I'm working on boundaries. But if I wasn't in therapy and I wasn't working on boundaries, then you wouldn't respect my time. And that's that's kind of... Uh, it's not It's not respect. It's now maybe it was a consequence, right? Like was my was it my intention? No, good intentions are pay, are the road to destruction is paved with good intentions. But was it my intention? No. Uh, would I like a little bit of grace? And even though when I did mess up, yes. Would I like to repeat it? No. Do I repeat a lot of things? I'd like to say I don't. I value my friendships very well, very much. So um, that's what I want. And that's kind of been a recurring thing in our band is the respect for the amount of time that gets put in. And I feel like this is where Nick feels a lot of, I mean, I know Aaron, you have, you and Nick have your issues with each other and I don't want to really delve into that too much, but it's all another podcast. Nick and I, Right now, just with the way things are in this band right now, because we're in the recording phase and because we're in the creation phase, we're creating our content, we're creating our product. Nick and I have the like vast majority majority of the lion's share of the time that goes into actually creating the content for this band. So Nick and Nick and I have just invested this immense amount of time, whereas you know, Aaron, you haven't yet really had to invest very much time in a, into the band. And it's not that 
you know, we expect you to invest a ton right now because there's really not much you can do. I'm handling the audio recording. Nick's handling all the video. We're in the marketing work. There's not a whole lot we could ask you to do right now. So we're not asking you to jump in and match us. But I see a reoccurring theme, something that Nick has felt and something that I have felt is that when we put in this time, we don't always feel like it's very well respected. Like like you're, it doesn't feel like we're getting credit for the time that we're putting in. And, or it's not conveyed. Or it's not conveyed. So some examples of that have been, you know, I've finished mixes to songs, like Final Masters, like Losing Myself. Guys, it's done. I finished it. It's up on Trello. And Aaron, you don't, like, a week and a half later, I'll ask you, like, hey, did you listen to the that final song of our brand new song that I just mixed and finished? You'd be like, oh, no, no. Was it up? I didn't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's like, it's not even on your radar, not even on your consciousness. And when I hear that, man, that really digs deep because, like, I spent 60 hours working on that song. And then <laughs> a week and a half later, it's like, it's not even on your mind. Like, I finished a mix for a band. I'm, I'm like, so in my mind, I'm like, Aaron doesn't even care. He's like, he doesn't even care about this, this song, this band. Like, he's just like, it's not even on his radar. He's just like, psh, like toss it to the wind. So like, and I know Nick, uh, I know Nick feels the same way about his work too. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I never had a response until now. This is good. My brain works like this. I'm a poor planner. I don't plan for the future. I'm a here and now guy. Like that's why I want phone calls that's why I want to meet in person because I'm a present time. If, for example, you send me a, a, a Facebook inbox, right? I look at it, and if I'm looking at it without giving it my, and this is my fault, if I look at it when I got other things going on, I don't address it. I just I look at it, okay, okay, it's nothing, and it's priority. Okay, humor, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't. And it just, just it just it disappears. It floats away. It disappears. I, a good now, example of that is that joke that Vince put in our uh, Facebook chat that you just responded to today. It's been like eight days, and you laughed at it and thought it was funny. Eight days. Yeah, it's a good example of that. It's just that that's how my brain works, gentlemen. Like, it's I can only hit what's in front of me, like right then and there. Um, because guess what? Then it's on to the next impulse. It's on to the next objective on to the next dilemma like so if i can but if i can equate this for you aaron like if i finish the mix of a song and generally what it used to be when we had the band marco polo is i'd leave a marco polo and usually if i was finishing a song it'd be quick i wouldn't be rambling on about my life or anything it would be like hey guys i just finished the mix of the song it's on trello go listen to it that's all it would be and it would go out to all you guys and Nick would always respond right away and then like a week and a half later Aaron still hasn't responded so if I can say an equivalent to that Aaron that would be like you call to call you call me right like you call me I miss your call call. for a week you leave me a voicemail like hey Vince like or you text me and say hey I got something going on Vince I really want to talk to you like call me back soon and then I go, I go a week and a half without responding to you. So it feels the same, which I have done that to you. I have. I, I will admit and, that. I have ab- and it sucks. I have absolutely done that to you. So I'm not, I'm not innocent in this either. I have done that to you. But let me just let me tell you that when 
I put all, all this time, all this effort thing. into something. It feels the same way to me. So, and then a big, a big part of this too, that I recognize is because it happens to me is that when these, I mean, these are like minor slights, like there, it's not like friendship breaking things, but what it does do is slow the band down because these types of things would happen to me before where if I'm, if I'm working hard and then I feel like people, the other people in the band aren't even thinking about the band or it's not even on their radar, then I'm going to go, well, why am I working so hard? It's like communism. Like, you know, why would I work harder if everybody gets the same kind of thing? Like, so I could see that. I don't, I'm not saying that you are doing that Vince, but like I could see on your end, if you're putting in all this time and effort and blah, blah, blah. And then like, you're not seeing uh, at least a lot of enthusiasm or if you're seeing things like it's being forgotten, then it's like, well, sh- I'm not going to work this hard. Maybe I'll only give it two hours this time and go work on something else. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, the, the, the nice thing about Aaron and I having a, a friendship that spans back for 20 years is the fact that I never, it never ever gets to the point where I think, oh, maybe we won't get over this conflict. Maybe our friendship will end. Or maybe like I have to quit quit the band or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it never gets to that point. No matter what conflict I get in with Aaron, it's not that I you know I think it's going to end our friendship or we won't get over it. It's just a matter of like okay, how are we going to solve this? It's not yeah. it's not a question of if we're going to solve it. Of course we're going to get over it. Like we've our friendship has come up up against so many challenges in the past and we've overcome all of them over many many years. So like something like this. And this is the difference between me and Nick. This is why me and Aaron are still friends and Aaron and Nick have such a hard time. Because when I met with a slight like this, I don't think to myself like, well, man, I spent all this time and all this effort. Aaron doesn't even appreciate it. Like, I'm going to quit the band. I'm going to end our friendship. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't go there. I just go like, okay, well, obviously this, I, I know Aaron well enough. It slipped by his radar things things tend to slip by Aaron's radar. You have to make things very upfront and very obvious to Aaron that they're really really important. So if I didn't emphasize it quite heavy enough, then, you know, it can slip through. I'm still a little bit upset about it, but I'll talk to him, and every time I do talk to him, I give him a phone call. We talk it through in a calm manner. There's never any yelling, never any shouting. Yep. We never like really get into an argument. Like I just state my case. I say like like here's what you did, here's how it made me feel. He tells me his side back, and then we get over it. And that's like, that's how we've always solved things. Like, there's been very, very few times in Aaron and I's history of being friends where it's the conflict has risen above, like gotten close to friendship ending. And the only times that has happened, it was very early on in the friendship. Like we were still in high school, and yeah. you know, back then. <laughs> yeah, but now that we're adults, like. I know that Aaron and I's friendship is never going to end. I'm super secure in that. And I know that Aaron, Aaron shares the same passion as I do for music and for this band. I know that I'm secure in that because I know Aaron really well. Nick doesn't know Aaron as well as I do. And he doesn't know, he doesn't know me as well as I. So it's like, so for Nick, when he sees that, he's just like, man, Aaron doesn't care. He doesn't give a crap about this band. Like, why am I doing Aaron asks all those questions? Why or Nick asks all those questions? Why am I doing all this work? when it means like means nothing no, nobody else gives a shit because he doesn't really know you guys that well mm-hmm. i know aaron intimately well i know i give him the benefit of the doubt even when he slips up because i know his heart i know his passion for music i know his passion for the band i know his passion for our friendship 
Dustin, I'm getting to know you more. I don't know you as well as I know Aaron, but I'm getting to know you more. And I, I know your passion and your dedication as long as, so Dustin, for you, it's a reciprocal thing. Like mm-hmm. you'll show passion and you'll show dedication as long as you're seeing that coming back from the other side. Right. You know, and sometimes it takes um, the other side to get started first. Like that's what happened with this song. The one we just did was, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, well, not a lot of progress. Nobody's really thinking about it. And then Aaron, Aaron's the one who started the ball rolling for me where he sends a text and he's like, all right, guys, where are we at? And then when I see that passion, I'm like, okay, I'll jump on that train. So part of it's just knowing each other, you know, that's part of conflict resolution is just how, how well do you know your friends? How well do you know your bandmates? And I think that's what kind of puts, puts Nick out on an island by himself because um, he doesn't really know Aaron very well. He doesn't know you at all, Dustin, I don't mm. think. And um, he knows me a little bit. I mean, it's Nick and I get along very easily. You coexist. Our, our personalities mess. Well, I wouldn't say coexist. Our personalities. Our personalities just mess really well together. Um, so it's very easy. Like Nick's Nick's a very easy person to get along with for me. Like, but um, as for the rest of the bands, like he's off by himself and he doesn't know you guys well enough to give you the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. when he feels like he's being slighted and he's got a little bit of a temper thing going on too so you put those two combinations together he doesn't give you the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't know you and he doesn't know your heart and then second the fact that he's got a little bit of like anger superiority complex like and he'll just he'll blow up like mm-hmm. really really quickly and he'll throw out ultimatums and and that's that's where that that's where that conflict comes from. And I, I can see clearly because I'm friends with all of you, you know, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the neutral, I am the neutral party in this band. Um, well for, for me, like the whole point of the story and the reason I want to talk about it is because I feel like it's a theme in my life. So like, um, my, my thing, I've kind of had like this epiphany this week of the direction that I want to go with bloodthirsty pugs. And it's that I want it to, the, the theme of my life and everything that I do is that I'm a lifelong learner. And it's actually, that's like a phrase that we throw around at school a lot. We're trying to teach our kids to be lifelong learners. And I realize that's what I am. That's why I'm learning programming right now. And that's why I've done whatever, all these different things, candle making, all these random crap. And one Programming. Of the, yeah, programming. I'm, I'm super excited about it. But one of the things that I've learned in this journey is I'm, I'm also trying to improve my own, my confidence and who I am as a person, those sorts of things. And I have found in this past year I found that a big flaw of mine is that I enable everyone around me. And so I felt like this story kind of had that kind of has that theme a little bit where it's like making sure we check ourselves, especially us introverts, because it's so easy for us to be yes men and just be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then just let things go. And you know what's ironic and funny, D? Mm-hmm. You and I talked about that, that epiphany, that realization. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I become the test subject. <laughs> That's why I thought it'd be fun to talk about because I knew you'd be a good sport about it. And and you know when I heard this whole story and like and I've talked to Vince over the week about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like familiar. This is seriously my canoe trip ex- example is exactly that. Like I've literally done that where I've one guy can't come on the trip, and so I'll change the whole trip and I'll try to make it work with ten people's schedules. And I'm like, why am I putting all this work on me? Like the point is like. There, you can you can enable people in so many ways, and I I feel like I've always viewed it as just like you enable somebody to continue doing drugs, but you also can just enable people to 
be poor planners or you can enable people to uh, not take things seriously or you not use a calendar or, you know, all those sorts of things. So interesting uh, subject and something we're all learning from, I think. Yeah. Now, let's talk about this, about establishing boundaries and walls. It all depends how you want to build that wall. So, for example... I don't, like, I, I don't like the term walls. The walls. I don't think boundaries, boundaries and walls are the same thing. They are not. So, you decide to build a boundary. You can build it based on loyalty. You can build it based on love. You can build, build it based on um, uh, selflessness. Like, for example... Aaron, you know this hurts me. If you love me, don't do this to me. As a friend to an enemy, I'm going to build this wall. If you cross it, I'm going to shoot you. Um, I know, real, real drastic. Yeah. But yeah, oh no, that's a, good, that's a good separation of those, the, that terminology. I like that. A, a drastic distinction. What is the motive? For example, for, for some people, fear is a great motive like to get, like, oh, Parents coming to come home quick. I gotta clean the house. Oh, wife's coming home. I better clean because uh, I don't want to get mad. But what's the other side of the coin? I love my wife. I love my friend. I don't want to do this to her. I don't want to do this to Vince. I don't want to do this to the band. So, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Part part of the equation too, Aaron, though, is the juxtaposition between personalities like mine and Dustin's and personalities like yours. Aaron, you are. You are unintentionally manipulative. Um, like I, I know it's not premeditated. Like you're, you're, you're no Ted Bundy. You're not, you're not, like cold calculating the things you say to people. Like I'm gonna say this so that they're tempted to say this. But for example, in this situation, when I gave Aaron this boundary, when I said, "All right, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna waste my time. Like I, I want you to respect my time more." Um, First, he said that, you know, like, I didn't know it was a real vocal recording session. Okay. So, take that or leave that. You know, I believe the the, Aaron, the way Aaron's brain work, I believe that's a real possibility. But, you know, I basically told him, that's not a good enough excuse. So, you know, I'm, I'll hold my boundary. So, I stood my ground. But then Aaron, without even realizing it, he tried to find another way to logically manipulate me. And he didn't even realize he was doing it. But what he said was, like, well you're kind of punishing the whole band for something that I did. Like, so like I could see if it was just something between me and you, then yeah, sure. Draw this hard line in the sand. But what you're doing is you're detrimenting the whole band based on something I did. And if you think about that, that's a very manipulative thing to say. That sounds so convincing. Because what he's, what he's saying is it's like, oh, Vince, like you're trying to teach me a lesson, but guess you're hurting Dustin and Nick doing yeah, this yes. you know like <laughs> yes you are yeah you are. so yeah. but but that's that's very that's very manipulative and but, but hey, he didn't say this lesson between you and i don't let it be between you and i and the band but let me let me add something real powerful here vince you and who you are and what your boundaries are are more important than four or five other guys like that's that's Amen the truth. That. So I, even if that were true, I that you're punishing that. everybody else for this whatever boundary thing, who cares? You're worth it. Like you should be like, well, oh, that sucks, right. but this is my boundary. Absolutely. I liked my response to Aaron a little bit better. I agree with you, Dustin, but I like my response. I told Aaron I was like, well, no, I'm not punishing anybody. 
the if if the ba- <laughs> you are if the band is if the band is detrimented because this song doesn't sound as great that ref- that reflects on your choices you chose to drink you chose to thrash your voice you chose to came and re- come and record anyway i was like so if the band is in any way hurt by this that is on you that is not on me i didn't do anything that's true then so. i can be more narcissistic and say i'm sorry my ass was working on that van all fucking week getting all these parts right coordinating making all these mistakes so we can have a tour van that was crazy sound. There you and go. I need to get it done anyways. And guys. So anyway, so anyway, Aaron, Aaron, to wrap this point up, I will reiterate the Marco Polo I left you today since you didn't watch it. So I thought about it a I lot. Didn't get a notific- I didn't get a notification. It's fine. Um, so I thought about it a lot. And what I said to you today was I said, Aaron, after careful consideration, I am going to allow you to re-record your vocals for the breakdown to this song. I thought about it. I'm going to let you re-record them under one condition. You are going to be my assistant as after, like, you come in, you do the vocal takes. After the vocal takes, you're going to sit with me and you're going to to witness the whole process from me because I'm going to undo all the work I did, you know, editing your vocals for that part. Um, we're going to find time. You're going to schedule. You're going to come over here. We can do it on a weekday, whenever. You're going to come over here. I'm not going to do a lick of work. You're going to sit next to me, and I'm going to walk you through what it takes for me to, like, from the recording process. Once the recording is done, once I have all the takes, so you're going to watch watch me comp tri- takes. I'm going to explain it to you, how I comp takes, like how I take takes and turn them into the best takes. And then after that, I have to use Melodyne to time align. I'm going to explain to you how Melodyne works and how I time align. You're going to sit next to me. You're going to watch as almost as if I'm training you. You're going to watch me do this. And then... Do I have to act like I don't like it? <laughs> You can act like you want any anything, but you you have to pay attention. That's the only thing. <laughs> no, 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 dude. Here, no, that's, that's not punishment. I'd actually enjoy that. Here, you want to punish me? I have to watch Sam while you do it. No, 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 no. But I, I have to babysit. Like I have to, I have to do like all that. Like sit next to you doing all that stuff. That'd be a blast. When do you want to do it? This would be awesome. I, I all call, right. I call BS on that one. I think when you, I mean, okay, Aaron, you're ADD man, sitting there focusing for that long while while Vince moves around his one note at a time and he does his little nitty gritty. Like you're gonna get real bored real quick. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm, I'm gonna greatly surprise you. Hence, organizing your socket set, working on a project for more than five hours, actually a whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Because um, what I'm my thinking interest is there. Because what I'm thinking here is I have two motivations. One is I want the song to be the best that it can be. It's already a really great song, but I can hear what Aaron hears in the breakdown is that the, the vocals are not up to snuff. They're not what they could be. And if we re-record, then they'll sound better and the band won't suffer. But B, I want Aaron to know precisely precisely the work I go through in order to actually edit and finish vocals. Yeah. So... I feel like it's a good compromise where I can say, no, you're going to be here right by my side. I got a nice, comfy, extra studio chair you're going to sit in, and I'm going to walk you through every single step, and you're going to see what it actually takes to edit vocals. And I think after that, after Aaron, after Aaron actually sees that, maybe he'll actually have a newfound respect for what I do, and that would be, uh, that would be a, a good victory for me. Not a newfound respect, just a deep. 
Sure. More than what I have now. Yeah. I think it's a really good idea. I can't wait. Let me know when you want to do it. This would be a, this would be a gas. It's a win, well, win, win. It's, as soon as we can get yeah. you, yeah. As soon as we can get you in here to re-record the vocals, yeah. Um, August third. Oh, never mind. We're in podcast mode. Okay, I'll yeah. get a hold of you, and we will set something up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Note to everybody: Aaron's not going to be home on August third. Go steal all his stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it won't be where you're going because I'm moving. Just, I'm not just, telling you where. Just so you know, it's not August third. I know Aaron's schedule better than everybody, so it's not that date. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's later yeah. in August. I knew that too. <laughs> I was just making a joke. <laughs> Vincent, I know your schedule better than you do, man. <laughs> hey, so um, you, while we're August while we're now. here, yeah, we'll just let the whole world know. There you go. <laughs> um, Aaron, do you have any uh, do you have any complaints about millennials? So we can do a second. <laughs> yeah, All right, that, that my- here we here we go. I don't have a pre-recorded. Didn't we beat that dead horse? I don't have a pre. Well, I want to do a segment like every time now. If Aaron's on the podcast, I want to. I want to give him. This is OK Boomer with Aaron Collins, and then give you one minute <laughs> to rant about millennials. And I'm going to develop a sample somehow. So, but I don't have the sample yet. So right now it's just me. This is OK I'll, Boomer I'll with what. Aaron Collins. Right. One minute go. So, so Dustin, I actually, Dustin Vince actually made a joke. It's my own. I created it. So I was like, Hey, how do you know if someone's a millennial or not? Like, how, Aaron? Like, just look at their hands. Baby smooth. Not a single callus. Like, their hands, no difference between a girl's. Like, just smooth. I was like, that's how you can tell this millennial. That's why you've seen this movie, like, where uh, uh, it was off of scanning database, scanning database. Is there? Oh, I can't get it. Is Aaron a Terminator? <laughs> no, that was a CPU. That was like the whole like, computer, like, you know, like when something's searching. As he was saying that, I was just seeing the red screen, like, scanning yep. through, like. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so there's that. And as really, I had to have the joke for it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm racist against millennials. And I, but I do have hope. That's my, that's my kick. I think we have to, us as millennials, we got exposed to a boatload of technology. We have to figure out what technology we want to allow our kids to be exposed to and what of the old school we want to bring back. That pretty much sums it, it up. Like, All right. We have to figure that out. There's our, there's our segment. So that has been OK Boomer with Aaron Collins. And Vince and I are not going to respond, and we're not going to point out the fact that Aaron is a millennial just like we are as well. <laughs> I, have so, I have so many responses to the things you said, but I'm, I won't. I won't. I won't respond. We already did that podcast. You shove up, up, up your millennial yeah, butt. We're just giving him a segment so that he can blow off steam for one minute. So there we go. Okay. So this is for Aaron. Yep. This is for Aaron. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you. And it's entertaining it. because I'm, I'm guessing that the people, hopefully the people who listen to this podcast are all millennials. So they're all going to be able to hear Aaron's words and it's going to sound just like their dad. And they're going to be like, ah, yeah. Hey, hey, hold on, Dust. I got one more. If you got to call your dad more than once a month to do something for you, you might be a millennial. <laughs> there we go. So you got to write those down and get them ready. Every Friday, we'll have our, your, your segment. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take one off Jeff Foxworth. Like, you might be a redneck. You might be a millennial. I'm going to have a list for you. <laughs> so for the, with real boomers, you know, millennials, our dads, like, they have excuses. Like, oh, yeah, you know, he was from a different time. You know, like, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a BS excuse. It's not a real excuse. But, um but it's, it's one people throw out a lot. Like he was from a different time. Things were different back then. Like, but Aaron doesn't even 
have that excuse. So I don't even. I can't come up with. I can't come up with an excuse for Aaron's um, interesting opinions. He's just unique. I drink my bourbon neat, boys. I straight blade shave. I drive old cars. I listen to Frank Sinatra vinyl. I'm an old soul. Born in the wrong year, buddy. Hey, did you shave your mustache? I did. He uh, did. I was just about to brag I'm, about how you're growing an old school, old school stash too, but nope, not anymore. Um, no, Amanda and I, we were talking. She's just like, you look, you look like a pedophile. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you look like Freddie Mercury, one of the sexiest rock and roll singers of all time. <laughs> yep. So, what a waste. What, what a waste. What a waste. <laughs> True. Don't worry, boys. Three days, it'll be back. <laughs> this thing grows. He's got the hair follicles. So, it want, it so, wants to be there. That's why. It wants to it's, meant, it's meant to be there. <laughs> I got called skinny today at work. You got and called, it was called what? Skinny. Okay, people, whoever's listening, re- realize this. You call a Joyce. Muscular, <laughs> Listen up, Joyce. You call, you call any muscle guy skinny. It is the equivalent of call, calling them fat. Like, imagine you getting called fat. Call a muscular guy. Oh, he's so skinny. It is the same thing. I, I as soon as this girl, I guys, I mean, I know you'll believe me when I say this. As soon as she said that. I immediately dropped on the floor and did 20 push-ups. <laughs> like right then and there in front of her? Right then and there. I dropped down. I was like, cha, 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 cha. I was like, some, some normal Stay. people must think you're a psycho. <laughs> I agree. Like, they try to offer you a compliment and you just drop to the like, ground. So like, 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 oh, yeah, you look good. You're so skinny. Just Aaron's like... <laughs> 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 <It's> like <laughs> I wish I could have been a. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall just so I could see the reaction in that lady's eyes. Well, she she was she was younger, but I was like this. I was was pressing. I was just look. I was looking at her. I was looking straight to the ground. I was like this. Skinny. Skinny. He has a scowl. He has a scowl on his face right now. (laughs) Uh, that's hilarious. Now, next day, I go up to her. I'm like, now, how does this sound, girl? You look so skinny. What you're, you're doing is looking, you look great. I was like, I can say it to a woman all day. Women love that. But dude, you say it to a dude, especially some guy who's got some hardware on him. Man, it is the biggest insult. I'd love to be skinny. Skinny is the new fat. Be it. No, bullshit. I call bullshit on that. Skinny's Both not the new fat. Are. Both parties are unfit. <laughs> Fat leads to heart disease. Fat leads to early death. Fat leads to COPD. Skinny, no. Uh, see, here's the thing. You can be skinny and have no muscle mass and have tons of love, but yet your circumference is less than somebody who is o- obese. Well, that's just skinny fat. That means you still have a high body fat percentage and a very low muscle mass. That's still being fat. That's not skinny. Matter of fact, that's even worse. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs>